From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. From the heartland of America, where we're celebrating back-to-back Super Bowl wins with the Kansas City Chiefs over the San Francisco 49ers in overtime. As we're recording this, it was last night. Um, And by the time you get a chance to hear this version of the podcast, we'll be celebrating big time through the streets of Kansas City with yet another Super Bowl parade. All right. These things don't get old. No, no. no. Winning is uh, fun. And, you know, I I only watched the first half of the Super Bowl because of my weird sleep schedule, but I did happen to see uh, one of the the very funny commercials in the first half. Did you watch it? Uh, Yeah. yeah. The Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm commercial. I love that. That is so funny. Like a good neighbor. (laughs) State Farm is there. Like a good neighbor. It's not neighbor. (laughs) <laughs> neighbor neighbor and your neighbor in the kansas city area with those great state farm rates is our good friend bob watson he probably helped pay for that commercial that you saw in the super bowl um, and you can find him at 7th and main in blue springs 816-229-7878 auto home life commercial insurance you'll be getting the boat out before too much longer if you can insure it bob's got a great rate and a terrific staff at his office there licensed in both missouri and kansas he'll take care of you like a good neighbor state farm is there <laughs> how's that is that a decent arnold for the day after I mean, the super bowl yeah, yeah. it's hack but it's passable. don't patronize me <laughs> it's fine um so the chiefs win the super bowl and you brought up a great point because i was on the air saying that we ought to send a thank you note to the buffalo bills because they whined so much to the nfl after we beat them in the afc championship game that they changed the rule and now the rule is uh, both teams get a chance to possess the ball in overtime um It's different in the regular season. I looked this up. In the regular season, if the team scores a touchdown, the game is over. But if you just score a field goal in overtime, the other team gets a chance. But in the playoffs, because we can't have one team going down and getting it done, and the Bills complained... Uh, They changed the rule. (laughs) Now, this happened to the the Chiefs. It was Patrick Mahomes' first year. We had the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead, and uh, the Patriots were there, right? And we went to overtime. And the Patriots won the toss. They drove down the field. And the game was over. Sorry. No, just pulling up the play. Oh. Oh, what, the overtime play? Yeah, yeah, keep talking. Oh, the the, the corn dog play. That's yes. what that's called. Um, and just something that Andy Reid pulled out of his bag of tricks. And McCole Hardman, the guy who was a throwaway by the Chiefs, we sent him to the Jets. We got him back for like a seventh-round conditional pick. I mean, you know, and, and he just like most of the receivers couldn't seem to find a way to catch the ball, and yet he is the guy who catches the winning touchdown pass as the Chiefs beat the 49ers can only feel the number of people out there being like, what's going on? First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they win it by three on this touchdown throw to Nicole Hartman, who started the season as a Jets. There you go. Yeah, that was awesome. And how long do you think Nance worked on that line? 
jackpot kansas because <laughs> we're in las vegas right right jackpot right. for kansas city right all right so uh the super bowl we won it again and you know it's interesting the the media the national media because last year we weren't supposed to win it because we didn't have tyreek hill anymore yep. so the chiefs aren't the chiefs they don't have tyreek hill not gonna happen mahomes hears stuff like that and he's like really okay Let's Challenge accepted. Yeah. Uh, and then this year, you know, we went through that stretch where it seemed like nobody could catch the football. Yeah. And we had stupid penalties and stupid turnovers. And then we get to the playoffs. And it's like, Dolphins at home? Yeah, you can't beat the Dolphins at home. They're they're like one of the best teams in, in football. Got a great offense. They got Tyreek Hill. You don't. And we beat them like a drum. Uh, then we go on the road to Buffalo. You can't win in Buffalo. Never happened. Joe Montana couldn't win in Buffalo when he played for the Chiefs. We beat the Bills. Um, and then the Ravens. Why even bother showing up? They've got the MVP of the league. They're solid at every position. You know, nobody picked the Chiefs to win that game. And they did. Well, now you're going to the Super Bowl. You're playing the number one seed in the NFC, the 49ers. Eh, that's not going to happen. And Mahomes is that guy. It's just like when you tell him he can't do something, he's going to do it. I love the guy. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I really think this puts him in the in the goat conversation. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Because uh, I mean, obviously Brady has more rings and and is the statistical leader in pretty much every category. But Mahomes is ahead of where Brady was at at this point is in, in his career for sure. And um, yeah, it's just crazy. Like the the winning DNA or whatever they called call it, you know. But he he just finds a way to win games like when they shouldn't. I mean, I was thinking during the season this year, you know, the the offense was really struggling. The defense was playing well, but the offense was really struggling. I was like, this isn't even a top ten team, you know. Yeah. They, they just were not playing well, but they just find a way to to win when it matters most. You know, Incredible. we were the we're so spoiled in Kansas City. We were the number six offense, and people are like, yeah. They're just not getting anything done. Right. Number six offense. <laughs> Number two defense, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it all led to the Super Bowl. And what will the narrative be moving forward now? You know, because Mahomes is 28, to your point. Brady played until he was like 45. Yeah. You know, Mahomes is 28. And they're going to go back to the drawing board. You know they are. Andy Reid is staying. Travis Kelsey's coming back. They're going to find or draft, maybe both, uh, another wide receiver. Uh, they're going to work on that offensive line a little bit. They probably have a little bit of tinkering to do on the defense. But how are they not the odds-on favorite to do it again? It's never been done, by the way. No team has ever won the Super Bowl three years in a yeah. row. Three, Pete. Tell Mahomes that. Nobody's ever won it three years in a row. Right. You can't possibly do it. Can't be done. <laughs> it just can't be done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go Chiefs. Um, so that's why I'm wearing the red hoodie. This is like the oldest hoodie that I have, so it's faded quite a bit, but it has a lot of sentimental value. And going to bed, I didn't know who was going to win the game because I went to bed at halftime because I have to be up at 2. Um, and so I put out this hoodie, and I put out a black pullover with the Chiefs logo on it. We're either going red or black. <laughs> I looked at my phone. Yeah, we're going red. There you go. So there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, this Saturday, I'm going to be doing something interesting. And I don't. I would assume this is open to the public. Um, it is the State Lincoln Days. Um, they're going on this weekend, actually, February 16th through the 18th at the Hilton Kansas City Airport. Um, and on Saturday afternoon from 1 to 2.15, um, I will be hosting a forum of the four Republican candidates for governor in the state of Missouri. I've never done this. Of all the things I've done in my career, I've never been a moderator for a debate. 
I've been one of the participants in a debate, but I've never been uh, the moderator. So I'm going to get to ask questions of Jay Ashcroft, who is currently the Missouri Secretary of State, Mike Kehoe, who is the Missouri Lieutenant Governor. I've heard both of them speak before. The other two I've never heard speak. Uh, Bill Eigel is a Missouri State Senator from St. Charles County, and Chris Wright is an Army veteran and National Guardsman based out of Joplin. Hmm. One of those four in a very red state is likely to be the next governor of the state of Missouri. That's exciting, so it's, man. It's very kinda, exciting. Yeah, I know. I got to put on my grown-up clothes. I can't wear a hoodie yeah. or a track suit, right? I got, you know, and I'm going back and forth and not to be the girl in this kind of a scenario, but I'm like, okay, what do I wear? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you should wear Chiefs, uh, something Chiefs. Yeah. Mm. We'll see. Um, maybe or like a, a suit, you know. Well, I'm definitely going to wear a suit. Yeah. So maybe I, I've got a Chiefs tie. Yeah. Or maybe a lapel pin or something like that. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Know. So, you know, I, I get to be the Brett Bear in this thing because I was going through the rules here and I have to, like, tell them no negative attacks, no audience reaction. You know, I'm the one that's going to have the questions and I get to ask the questions, the things that interest me. So God help you. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up this Saturday and I'll report back to you on on maybe which I thought was the best and, and who ought to be our next governor. Nice. Do you know anything about these guys? Um, repeat the candidates again. Uh, Jay Ashcroft. He's probably the one with the most name recognition yeah, because his dad yeah. was governor and then he right. was a senator and he was uh, attorney general of the right. United States. Jay is currently the Missouri Secretary of State. Mike Kehoe is the lieutenant governor. Okay. And again, I've heard him speak before. I don't know Bill Eigel, uh, Missouri State Senator from St. Charles County, and Chris Wright, who is an Army veteran hmm. and National Guardsman out of Joplin. So that's what I'm going to be doing on Saturday. Nice. Maybe we'll get a picture or something. You can see me wearing something other than a hoodie. Yeah. I don't know if I've... Uh, I think I have seen you in a suit like once or twice. Yeah, but once or twice. Yeah. yeah. Only on special occasions. So, as we're loosely waiting for a special guest on this week's podcast... Do loosely? We, really? Do we plunge forward with what we were going to do here? Or what yeah, I'm we waiting. Doing? So, we're having uh, Dr. Taramina on. And I'm waiting for him to text me back because he is doing a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you want to ask the question, make sure you wash your hands yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to have Dr. Taramina on for a very special reason. You know, in the country music world, we lost Toby Keith last week to stomach cancer, and uh, he was only 62. And I was texting with uh, Mark, and, and I said, you know, I, your practice, we, we mostly talk about colonoscopies. Um is, is stomach cancer something that, that you deal with? And he does the entire track, you know, from going down your mouth to coming out the other end. So the stomach is definitely part of it. And uh, he had some thoughts on stomach cancer. And again, when you see Toby Keith there, realize Toby was 62 years old when he died. He was like 61 when he was diagnosed. And he went through some really painful stuff. And, and as a 60-year-old myself, you know, I want to ask questions of Dr. Mark, like, what should I be looking out for? What should I not be doing? Is there a way to avoid something like that? You know, we always tell you that uh, colon cancer, get that colonoscopy, get it done early so that they can find those polyps or whatever. Are there things relative to the stomach that we ought to be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the from what I've heard, anyway, that's one of the more painful ones, like stomach cancer, colon cancer, uh, anything with the digestive tract. Yeah. It really sucks. You so. will find, as you get older, as I have, that when people start dying who are your age, 
it really makes you think about stuff. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, what am I doing? Cause I, you know, I, I still have things I want to get done and, and, um, you know, I've got little grandkids I want to spend time with and all that. Um, my dad died of pancreatic cancer when he was 50, mm. 10 years younger than I am now. Yeah. Right. And you'd want to talk about something that was painful and ugly to see. And that was the decline with pancreatic cancer. And that's one they still haven't fixed. Yeah. So. Longtime sponsor of uh, the podcast here, Dr. Mark Taramina with Midwest GI Health and Wellness in Lee's Summit. How are you doing, doctor? I'm doing great, Dale. All right. Um, interesting. That One of the reasons I wanted to have you on, first of all, you were mentioning the fact that you're doing colonoscopies today, the day after the Super Bowl, and imagine the number of people who would actually want to go through the prep thing on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> you're cutting in and out on yeah. me. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people uh, signed up for their colonoscopies, even though there were chiefs parties and celebrations and all that. Usually we uh, always let people know the Monday after the Super Bowl is an option for them. And we uh, normally only look in people's stomachs, but we've had two people that wanted to do the colonoscopies today. So we, uh, we accommodate that. All right. Uh, of course, he's taking care of folks there in Lee's Summit. Um, with colonoscopies is what we talk about most of the time here. And we've told you that you just need to start getting that colonoscopy at age 45. The reason that we have you on for a special guest segment, though, uh, last week the country music world lost one of the icons of country music, Toby Keith. He was 62. He died from stomach cancer, and you and I were texting back and forth, and I asked you if that was something in, in your realm, the things that you deal with, and you said that, yes, it is. Yeah, as a gastroenterologist, uh, we see all uh, issues relating to the gastrointestinal tract, and uh, the stomach cancer uh, many times is diagnosed uh, on just routine upper endoscopies when people come in for vague upper abdominal complaints, not knowing exactly what the issue is. Uh, so sometimes we are the original uh, or the initial way that the diagnosis is made. Now, Toby was uh, in his early 60s, and I was telling Kurt, you know, when you get to be my age and you start to see people who are your age who are dying from things, it sort of gets your attention. Um, Toby was a couple of years older than me, uh, but when, when you look at like stomach cancer, what are the causes of that? What are the things that we ought to avoid? And um, obviously, in Toby's case, it was fatal. Is it always fatal? No. Uh, many times, uh, the initial symptoms can be vague and they can be uh, related to trouble swallowing, especially in uh, any tumors that involve the upper part of the stomach around the opening of the esophagus, or they can be uh, associated with nausea, feeling full, feeling, feeling bloated. Uh, low blood counts, anemia with dark stools from uh, gastrointestinal bleeding. And the most common uh, symptom is usually abdominal pain and weight loss. And I remember seeing, seeing Toby uh, uh, not too long ago with his uh, significant uh, weight loss that he had experienced. Yeah. So what are the things that we can do to avoid that? Yeah, so you asked about risk factors. One of the major risk factors is uh, an infection of the stomach called H. pylori, which is a bacteria that's very common, and it's associated with ulcers, and in uh, rare cases can be associated uh, with stomach cancer. And that's uh, an infection that is waterborne, and many people have that and not aware of it. 
that uh, it's an infection that can be diagnosed by either upper endoscopy or stool-based or, or breath testing. Uh, other risk factors include polyps in the stomach, uh, low acid levels in the stomach, uh, smoking is a risk factor, being overweight is a risk factor, and previous uh, types of gastric surgery can be um, a risk factor, such as um, uh, surgery for ulcers or weight loss. Hmm. So in Toby's case, I had heard, I don't know this for sure, but I'd heard that they had removed his stomach. Is that a treatment for that? It depends how much of the, um, of the stomach is involved. Um, sometimes we diagnose stomach cancer at a very early stage, and uh, it can be removed endoscopically. It does not require surgery at all, just resection of a portion of the stomach in which can be done through the mouth. In extensive cases, uh, surgical resection is required, and uh, sometimes in diffuse cases of the stomach, when it's localized only to the stomach, if you remove the entire stomach, it can be cured. So uh, there is a lot of misconception that people need their stomach to, uh, to live or digest food, but that's that's not uh, right at all. Uh, the, the stomach is a conduit for food, but it can be uh, removed. You can live a fairly normal life without your stomach. Mm. Well, obviously, we lost Toby Keith. He was 62 years old, and um, it, it just got my attention because of, of the things that we talk about with you. And, and I know that, that we've been, since you've been with us on the podcast, we've really been trying to get people to get in there and get those colonoscopies. The old um, the old age used to be 50, and now you've lowered that to 45 as we see more and more cancers uh, that, that go younger and younger. So how are we doing on that? Are we keeping your docket pretty full over there? Yeah, yes, we are. I think that people are aware of the uh, need for screening and that fact that colonoscopy saves lives. And I think this issue with Toby uh, drives home the issue that any unexplained upper abdominal discomfort or change in your normal routine really deserves an evaluation. You know, so if you have unexplained nausea, weight loss, trouble swallowing, uh, anemia, that really needs to be checked out by your physician. All right. That's Dr. Mark Terramina with Midwest GI Health and Wellness. You can find them on the web at MidwestGIHealth.com, and you can reach their office at 816-836-2200. One question I, I've never asked you, do, do people need a referral to come to you, or can they just call the number and schedule? No, we do direct access. Uh, it used to be that referrals were required, but now uh, in the last decade or so, we uh, many patients that identify us through for example, your podcast or through our website or through our Google reviews and make direct appointments. We always communicate with their primary physician if they have one and coordinate with across all health systems, St. Luke's, KU, HCA, uh, any health systems. And we seem to coordinate our, our care very, uh, very well with all of them. All right. Well, when our super fans get their uh, colonoscopy, they, they're always proud of it. They reach out to me and say, hey, I got it done, just so you know, so get off my case. <laughs> well, listen, we wish you the best there and uh, wish you good health as well. And uh, thank you so much for being part of Dale Carter's America. Thank you very much, Dale. Thank you. Well, we, we start really the, the podcast for today with a bad week for Joe Biden. And I don't go through these clips, Kurt, with any joy in my heart. I really feel bad. I, I do. I, I feel bad for Joe. Um, I wonder about his family. I wonder about his circle of friends who are keeping him out there. I mean, this is embarrassing. 
uh, the man is 81 years old and there are differences in how people age you know because the left media is out there saying well the number one guy on the republican side is trump and he's 77 there's a difference in how people age and i don't know if you have older relatives kurt I do. Um, my mother, in fact, is going to be 80 years old tomorrow. Nice. And she's, you know, she's 19 years older than I am. And in a lot of ways, she's younger than me. She's sharp as a tack and um, very intelligent and can basically state arguments, maybe even better than I can. On the other hand, my stepfather turned 80 on February 1st, and I wouldn't want him to have the keys to the car because it's it's a little scary out there so people age in different ways and this isn't your grandfather here or great-grandfather this is the president of the united states one of the toughest jobs in the world the guy has access to the nuclear codes and we're going to start with um he's coming out of an ice cream shop right and the question was will you debate donald trump and see if you can figure out what he says what did he say he said uh i think he said i'd want to debate me too which, uh, how is that a company he's like oh yeah i'd want to debate me too huh got him yeah um and you know usually he goes for chocolate chip ice cream that looked like a strawberry shake to me yeah i don't know maybe he's varying his approach yeah okay then we take you to a speech he gave in vegas um <laughs> uh, just roll it people have pled guilty you know i Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, why, why how, how long are you back for? Okay, you can stop it right there. I mean, not only, first of all, he mentions Mitterrand. Francois Mitterrand died nearly 30 years ago. He was the president of France, not Germany. Um, and then these uncomfortable pauses. Aren't yeah. you uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. It's very, very awkward. Very awkward. And, you know, they say he's fine. And, uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Yeah. Well, a lot of us wonder, Mr. President. Uh, and at the White House, they say he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Okay, so the next day, you know, he referenced Francois Mitterrand uh, being the president of Germany or um, France. Um, he had Germany on his mind talking about January 6th. I don't have a clip for this ah. one. So he uh, referenced a conversation that he had with Helmut Kohl, the uh, chancellor of Germany, about January 6th. Helmut Kohl died four years before January 6th. Hmm. I mean, Maybe he's just... This guy, uh, Helmet, you know, maybe he just has, like, perfect, uh, you know, perception. He, he, he uh, post-mortem, you know, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? I'm trying I have to no idea. Of. How old are you? I'm a little you? slow this morning. How old are you? I mean, I know we had the Super Bowl and everything last night, but come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Come uh, on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he predicted it. That's what I was trying to say. I mean, 
this is sad. And, you know, I, I've poked fun at Joe Biden since he was a senator, you know, on my morning show and through eight years of being vice president. And you're going to hear some stuff about when he was vice president coming up. But before we do that, let's go to the painful press conference where he can't remember that Hamas is who attacked Israel until someone in the press actually gives him the answer. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, <laughs> the, the there's been a response from all the men who were But um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry. From Hamas. Yeah, he got that from a report. Seemed- I mean, that took like that took a good eight seconds i would say and he's just mumbling along and pausing trying to find the words yeah i was gonna play this one all men and women created by go you know the you know the thing (laughs) okay so the week and all of this in the course of one week by the way and and what we've said on this podcast and i believe it to be true is whatever you see of joe biden is as good as it's going to get when this kind of a decline starts it does not stop it doesn't pause. It just continues to gradually get worse. And, you know, you could go back to when we first started talking about that and put those clips up. They would seem very cogent and coherent yeah. compared to some of the stuff that you're playing. Today. Oh, yeah. Like watching him uh, even during the campaign uh, for, you know, 2020, like on uh, during the debates and things like that. I mean, he seems very sharp by comparison. And even then he was falling apart but compared to now i mean it's it's deteriorating when he was vice president right we had a song parody that we played on kfkf called joe biden's brain and it was set to the song from the wizard of oz if i only had a brain right right? and it had all of his gaffes in it from there and my god how long ago was that okay so all of this mess culminates on thursday when special counsel robert Hur announces his findings in biden's document case damning pictures that show ripped boxes of classified documents that Biden should have never had. Remember, he was not president. He was vice president. He was a senator. And he should have known better uh, to have those documents. And they're in ripped boxes in his garage next to where he parked his Corvette. God knows who had access to the garage. We know his son Hunter had access to the garage. Her concludes that Biden willfully violated the law. If you put a period right there, you would charge the guy. He'd right. be indicted, much like Donald Trump has been indicted. But this prosecutor stops and actually continues there, and he says he's not seeking prosecution because Biden comes off as a, quote, sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Yeah, here's the full – there's two uh, kind of excerpts. That was the one that you were just saying. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Mm. Couldn't remember when he was vice president. Yeah. Couldn't remember within years of when his son, Bo, who he talks about in nearly every speech, died. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, this is, is the, the other excerpt from, and I'll read from this part yeah. too. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009, am I still vice president? Uh, quoting him, I guess. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died, and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So this hits the fan. And, you know, people are coming at him and uh, the White House makes a response. Somebody at the White House thought, you know what we really ought to do? Let's send Joe out there after his bedtime, about four in the afternoon, right? Um, Let's send him out there and let's have him refute this bad idea. We call it the temper tantrum press conference. Thank you. And I'll take some questions. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. Nobody that's, laughs, by the way. That's, yeah. that's my, Your memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, President. My memory is not gotten. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? This is like where they could just totally tank him, like Peter Ducey. You know, he has him on the ropes here. Right. And all he has to do is say, like what? Like, just, you know, be like, name one. You yeah. know, Biden's like, oh, all the things that I've done since I've been president. Okay, like what? He's not going to be able to answer. I mean, that would be a nail in the coffin yeah. as far as uh, politically you know, politically speaking. But there was also... Uh, well, the next mistake he made was he left, right? Yeah. And then he came back to answer another question. And all of this, you know, revolving around him uh, screwing up that Mitterrand's still running France and Cole's still running Germany and all that. Um, he comes back and he makes another gaffe at a press conference designed to show that he's large and in charge. Yep. Here we go. So he he walks off the podium and then somebody Shuffles. shouting yeah yeah shouting uh, questions at him and then he turns around and comes back bad idea keep going Joe yeah there's a guy going come on come on Joe oh I'm gonna come back you're poor shit I'm of the view as you know that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open Egypt. up the gate to allow yeah. humanitarian material to I mean, it's like, aside from even the, the gaffes of him messing up people's names, it's like his talking is so tedious. Like, it takes him forever to just get through half a sentence. You know, he's like, uh, well, uh, you know, I, he, he uh, and they probably knew that this report was coming when they turned down the three minute segment on the Super Bowl. 
mm-hmm. and that was going to be such a softball. First of all, it wasn't Fox. It was CBS, Nora O'Donnell. I mean, questions hard-hitting like, you know, what is your favorite kind of ice cream? Do you prefer the strawberry shake to the ice cream and all that? And they turned it down yeah. to be in front of the biggest audience they could to basically say, hey, I'm 100% healthy. I'm ready for another four years. He's not ready for another four months. This is ridiculous. And, you know, I, I heard Dana Perino on The Five say that if she were in the Biden White House, she would say, okay, no more evening events. He can't do anything in the evening. It's just not going to happen. And it made me wonder, how does he do the State of the Union address? Is that coming? Um, How does he accept his party's nomination for another four years? Isn't that in February? Is that coming up soon, the State of the Union? It it should be. I mean, isn't it? I mean, I I, I always forget when that is. I always thought it was January. Maybe they just oh, decided yeah. not to do it. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. But there are things, you know, and then all these world leaders out there, and I know in a little bit we're going to get to Tucker's interview with Putin, but what in the world does Putin think about the United States right now? Yeah. And I, I saw some people saying on Twitter, you know, the, the timing of it was very bad, too. It was just bad all around because, you know, the, the thing comes out, uh, the report of him, you know, not being mentally well enough to prosecute and then that was also the same day of the Tucker interview that he did that press conference. And so it's like so catastrophically bad that people are saying perhaps it's deliberate. You know, that's kind of a bit conspiratorial. But like, you know, the, maybe the DNC is throwing him under the bus and, and showing him the door so that they can put somebody else in for the election. But My I haven't God, seen that yet. At we'll some see. point, if you're the president, you got to be the president. Yeah. And in this age, you got to be the president on TV. That's that's part of the deal. Now, I'll conclude this segment by saying one thing must be true. Either he broke the law and he should be prosecuted, or he's a doddering old fool who shouldn't have the nuclear codes. Right. Which one of those is true? Yeah, and, he, and that's the interesting part of it, too, is that he's trying to defend himself and say that he's mentally well and he's got his wits about him. And it's like, okay, well, then in this specific case, you're sort of incriminating yourself, yeah, right? Exactly. It's like, oh, okay, you you are mentally well? Well, then you can be prosecuted. So which is it? Yeah. Well, here's something to tell you. You know, if you've got a roof over your garage, make sure that it, Royal Roofing is the people who put that roof over that garage because you may well have some classified documents in there. And the worst thing that could happen is, if something leaks on those documents and you know makes the box rip and then you got a whole biden situation going on there the rest of your house too royal roofing and solar let them take care of you austin watterson and his team uh, they're fantastic folks they did the roof on my house um, and if it's your forever home and you're going to be there for a while to offset the installation cost um, solar may be, well be the way to go. Mike Dale is their solar expert. He can explain it to you. I'm seeing a lot more solar panels on houses. Are you seeing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, because people are seeing these high electric bills from Evergy, and they're like, wow, how do I get around that? Well, you produce your own energy uh, and offset some of that cost. Solar by Royal. They'll explain it all to you. Solarbyroyal.com. And uh, for everything else, it's royalcontractingkc.com. It's all back together with this phone number 816-540-7057 as we go into spring uh, maybe you've got a project lined up and this year it's going to be the roof 
Let Austin and his team uh, take care of you because they will definitely take care of you. Speaking of taking care of you, as you get closer and closer to 65, and I'm a day closer to 65 every day, and I'm starting to think about this, if you've got somebody uh, that you know and love who is turning 65, maybe it's you. Uh, you got Medicare coming at you, and Medicare comes at you like a freight train, and because it's from the government, it's a confusing mess. It's like the, the wires behind your stereo. Do people still have that, like the stereo and the wires and all that? I like could show going you, through the walls and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I could show you the the studio at KFKF because we got a big mess of wires there that the mice love to chew on. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and that uh, really, if you if you saw that mess of wires in the KFKF studio, that would pretty much explain Medicare, uh, which is why Kirk Doris and Lori Hocker they will help you navigate those waters. Okay, which plan, which part? How do you supplement it? What's the best deal for you? They'll, they'll take you in their office, they'll come to your home, um, and they're really fantastic people. Uh, Kirk Doris, Lori Hocker, MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. It says it all right there in the name. You can reach them at 816-701-6661. And again, on the web at MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. All right, so a bad week for Joe Biden. A great week for Donald Trump. Uh, first of all, Haley, uh, who is his opponent, the only one left, really, she lost the Nevada primary to none of the above. Yeah. How bad is that? In incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. So then Trump goes on to the official Nevada caucus, which actually counts in the delegate chase. And, um, well, he won. Yeah. And he had this is I just pulled this up because this is just like classic Trump here. Trump at his best, in my opinion. We wanted to get over 80, and we got 98. And also, if you remember, and last night, you know what happened last night, right? None of the above. So I'd like to congratulate none of the above. I was one of those none of ever aboves i was one of them no i saw i watched that last night and they won by 44 points none of the above so i want to congratulate but seriously we have to get back this was a great day this was a great night our supreme court hopefully will be doing something in terms of yeah that was that was the main thing yeah none of the above i mean haley's got to get out of this She's damaging any hope she ever had at being involved in a Republican administration down the line. Um, she's damaging her own brand. And there are some people that think that she's going to go over with Manchin for the no labels party and all that. I think that no labels party is going to become a bunch of bitter people from both parties yeah. who can't make it in either party. At the end of the day, we're still a two-party system in this country, and you got to make it work for you. And Donald Trump is making it work for him. And I, my prediction boldly here is that he will be on the ballot in all 50 states. I, I've told you that my hope, and I kind of love how this is coming together. I really do. Because at the end of the day, I believe in this country. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't believe in this country. And it starts at the constitutional level. You know, the tripart uh, government that we have, executive, legislative, and uh, judicial. And the judicial is that final piece of the puzzle that can make it all right in a world that's gone wrong. And the Supreme Court of the United States is hearing Colorado's case to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. I and, and I told you that I'm a glass half full guy, Kurt. And I told you I think this could be a nine to nothing, no politics, no bullshit, 
decision from the court. And I know that, that you have misgivings about that. But after the oral arguments, I am convinced that this will be nine to nothing. Uh, it's the liberal three that I've had my eye on. And that starts with um, Justice Elena Kagan. Is why a single state should decide have power. But maybe and put m- most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it, it sounds awfully national to me. Um, so whatever means there are to enforce it would suggest that they have to be federal, national means. Why does, uh, you know, if you weren't from Colorado and you were from Wisconsin or you were from Michigan, and it really, you know, what the Michigan Secretary of State did is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected, I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? No, Your Honor, because ultimately it's this court that's going to decide that question of federal constitutional eligibility and settle the issue for the nation. And and certainly it's not unusual that questions of national importance come up. Well, I suppose this court would be saying something along the lines of that a state has the power to do it. But I guess I was was asking you to go a little bit further and saying why should that be the right rule? Why should a single state have the ability to make this determination, not only for their own citizens, but for the rest of the nation. Yeah. Because Article 2... Yeah, so that's enough of that. And that's not, you know, Clarence Thomas asking that question. That's Elena Kagan asking that question. Um, So we move on to Justice Jackson, uh, who also asked very pointed questions of these people. And you just get the feeling when you listen to the the oral arguments that uh, which way it's going to go. And um, again, I think this is going to be nine to nothing, and I think it's going to be very soon. Um, Can I just... uh ask you about something just uh, Justice Kagan brought up earlier, which is the concern about uniformity um, and the lack thereof uh, if states are permitted to enforce Section 3 in presidential elections. And I, I guess I didn't really understand your argument or your response to her about that. Well, certainly, if Congress is concerned about uniformity, they can provide for legislation and they can preempt state legislation. Yes, but you say that's not necessary. But it's not necessary in the absence of federal enforcement legislation. These questions come up to this court in the same way that other federal questions come up to this court, which is that a state adjudicates them. If the state hasn't provided sufficient process to comport with due process, a notice, an opportunity to be heard, one can make those challenges. But assuming, as here, we have a full evidentiary record, an opportunity to present evidence. I I understand that we could resolve it so that we have a uniform ultimate ruling on it. I guess my question is why the framers would have designed a system that would, could result in interim disuniformity in this way, where we have elections pending and different states suddenly saying you're eligible, you're not, on the basis of this kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what they were concerned all, most about... I'm was, not worried about that attorney because I think he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm more concerned about the liberal justices. And Sonia Sotomayor, I don't know if you found this clip or not, but she was talking about the Equal Protection Clause and due process, which we've talked about before, that if you look at the 14th Amendment, they're focusing on Section 3 with no way to prove it. It's like, well, 
I might wake up one morning and say, you're not eligible to be on the ballot because of this or that. So I'm taking your name off. Section one talks about equal protection, which is in section one. And then something I didn't even think about, Kurt, section five of that amendment, somebody pointed me to that, says that basically Congress is the final arbiter of that. So if somebody were going to be pulled off the ballot using Section 3, it would have to be a vote in Congress, not an individual state. Yeah, I'm just going to pick one of these. I'm not sure exactly. More narrowly um, in a reversal, that it's not Section 3 that's at issue, but Thornton and others as to whether Section 3 can be enforced by states against the president. That would extend to every presidential candidate, not exactly, just not just to yours. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Justice Kagan. And if I could just yeah. understand. So what he was just talking, or she was talking to Trump's lawyer there about how Section Three, without looking at Section One and the Equal Protection Clause, it falls on its face. So again, this is liberals out there hoping and praying that a liberal Supreme Court will come in and save their ass on something that they want, which is Donald Trump off the ballot. And it's not just Colorado; it's Maine, it's Oregon, it's California, it's Illinois. Other states are out there just frothing at the mouth, going, "Oh my God, goody goody gumdrops, maybe." they can get this done and if they do we'll take that bastard off the ballot as well well here's the deal you've got supreme court justices even the liberal ones have read the constitution and they know what its limits are and they know what checks and balances are all about so you don't get what you want here yeah this might be the clip that you're looking for determined under perhaps a different constitutional provision like the due process clause, correct? Correct. The bounds of the elector's clause are other constitutional constraints, which would include due process, equal protection, First Amendment. What's the due process right? Does the candidate have a due process right? What's the liberty interest? I think it's um, not a very precisely defined in the case law, but I think there is a recognition that there is a, a liberty interest of a candidate um, and, and there is some due process interest in, in being able to access the ballot. I thought that was, I thought that was for voters. You, you for, think for the candidate too, that, there's, that it would be taking something away from the candidate? Certainly, yes, and I think a lot of times you see that in the First Amendment context where um, candidates can have an issue about com uh, being on the ballot, but it's sort of a hybrid oftentimes First Amendment, 14th Amendment, um, qualifications clause all discussed together. Let me ask you a question about just follow up to Justice Alito. You know, well, this is Barrett now. But yeah, that's Barrett. And she we're was getting into the weeds a little bit, but I think yeah. that it's good that we do this because, you know, not a lot of people spend the time to, to actually listen to to the arguments in some of these cases. And it's very important. It is very important, vitally important, because, you know, we've talked about Democrats before. They're like raptors in Jurassic Park. They're going to test the fences. Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Where Republicans are always like, let's go back to the Constitution and see what we can do, right? Uh, and just know what they're up to and know that the Supreme Court of the United States is actually functioning properly. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Democrats come back and want to pack the court again because of what a Biden appointed justice is doing to them. Right. Think about that for a second. Very true. You can always come back to bite you in the ass. If you're thinking about your next address, where you live, uh, we ask you to check out our friend Michael Schroer, real estate professional, REMAX Heritage. You can find Michael on his website, michaelschroer.com. It's Schroer, S-C-H-R-O-E-R. 
All right. A lifelong Kansas City resident, 35 years of residential and commercial construction experience, and he's got the knowledge required to help you find just the right home for your needs. If you're looking for your first home, your forever home, land to build your dream home on, something in between, he's the guy who can get that done for you, even in this economy that we have right now. Uh, Find the great deal out there. Find the land that you want to build on. Uh, Find the forever home. Or, you know, if you've got a kid out there who is looking for their first time home, a couple of my kids now are first time homeowners. Um, Let Michael Schroer be the guy to help you. Michael Schroer, real estate professional, Remax Heritage. Again, uh, michaelschroer.com. Michael, you can probably spell it's S C H R O E R.com. And his phone number, 816. 783-5800. Looking at new homes. It's kind of a fun little thing there. You think about maybe we want to move. Let's give it a shot with Michael Schroer. And then after you've uh, looked at some houses with Michael for a bit, maybe you want to go have a cold beer and some pizza. We'll send you to the place to get that done. You know where it is. Fun House Pizza. 50 Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Fun atmosphere for the entire family. Uh, If you've got a a basketball team, you're going to do your banquet after the season or whatever, or you got a little league or a t-ball team, you want to do your preseason meeting, this is the best place to do it because the pizza's fun. They've got all kinds of games and rides and stuff for the kiddos, um, and the beer is really cold just for the adults. Soft drinks are really cold as well, and they pile the pizzas high with toppings. My tummy just growled thinking about it. Uh, 50 <laughs> Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Fun House Pizza. Fun's in the name. It is. So, therefore, you know it's fun. Okay, to the uh, Putin interview with Tucker Carlson, against a backdrop of we've got an 81-year-old president who is fading really fast. Um, have you noticed, by the way, the Democrats are using X basically anytime Trump has a gaffe or slurring of his words? It's like, oh, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Isn't that it's called like, Me Tooism? Yeah. And, and you don't want to play that game, man. I mean, if you're trying to, to pin Trump on some gaffes or, you know, misspeaking or whatever, I mean, I'm sure he makes mistakes, but is that really the game that you want to play? You're not yeah. going to win. All right. Well, this is more of a Kurt's Corner episode, so I'll just uh, sit back and, and, you know, heckle from the sidelines while you go through this. So you haven't, uh, you haven't checked it out yet? I haven't. I was waiting for the podcast. So oh, I, wanted okay. to, I wanted to experience it in real time. Well, we're not going to watch all two hours of it, but uh, as of today, it has 196.9 million views on Twitter. Uh, and that's just Twitter. There's also more on YouTube and um, Facebook and some other platforms. So it's been seen by a lot of people. Uh, really interesting. Uh, kind of the breakdown of how it progresses is... Tucker starts the interview and he's asking about, you know, what's happening with Ukraine. Putin goes into this whole like 35, 40 minute long history lesson about everything that has happened between, you know, their their uh, people for since like 800, (laughs) the year 800 or something like that. But really, you know, I think Putin is trying to express that he is open to negotiations. Um, But his position is that uh, you know, he's tried to negotiate with Ukraine and the United States and they uh, like Ukraine put out a, um, a policy that they couldn't uh, negotiate with Russia at all. And, you know, he talks about at one point uh, shared missile defense system that uh, was proposed and agreed to and then backed out of by the United States. 
and other things like that. So here's a clip of him talking about the negotiations with Ukraine. President of Ukraine issued a decree prohibiting negotiations with us. Let him cancel that decree. And that's it. We have never refused negotiations, indeed. We hear all the time, is Russia ready? Yes, we have not refused. It was them who publicly refused. Well, let him cancel his decree and enter into negotiations. We have never refused. And the fact that they obeyed the demand or persuasion of Mr. Johnson, the former Prime Minister of Great Britain, seems ridiculous and very sad to me. Because, as Mr. Arakamiya put it, we could have stopped those hostilities with war a year and a half ago already. But the yeah, I, I will say this is an observation just from the sideline. I mean, he looks in control. Yeah, no, he he definitely. I mean, my main takeaway was that he is a formidable guy, mm -hmm. and so is Tucker. By the way, Tucker was very impressive. I mean, he didn't talk as much. Putin really talked a lot, um, and so obviously, you know, Tucker is the one interviewing, so he's not going to be talking as much as uh, as Putin is, but. He, he, they were both very impressive, and Putin has his wits about him. He is doing what he thinks is best for Russia, and he makes a good case. You know, I mean, you you might agree or not with him, but he he is making the case on behalf of his people uh, the best way that he can. And and it was clear that he knew, you know, this is going to be the biggest audience of American eyes that he's maybe ever going to have. And so he really, uh, you know, took advantage of that opportunity. By the way, um, you know, Reagan went to uh, Iceland with Gorbachev at Reykjavik. Can you imagine Joe Biden going toe-to-toe -to -toe with this guy? No, no, not at all. And then there was a, a few other themes throughout. He harped pretty, uh, went pretty heavy on the, the Nazi thing in Ukraine. So there's this kind of cloudy it, it's hard to understand exactly what's going on but historically there has been nazis in ukraine and back to world war ii that uh kind of collaborated with hitler and things like that now the mainstream media will say that they went away and they're not a big thing anymore there was that azov battalion that uh was in the news uh last year or the year before right when the conflict first started um so putin throughout this is kind of saying that Ukraine needs to deal with its Nazi problem. Now, it's interesting because I don't know how true that is or not, but he clearly, politically, it's advantageous advantageous for him because he's like, oh, you Westerners hate neo-Nazis so much. Why aren't you talking about the Nazis in Ukraine? So here's a, a short clip of him talking about that. Look, the president of Ukraine visited Canada. This story is well known, but being silenced in the Western countries. The Canadian Parliament introduced a man who, as the Speaker of the Parliament said, fought against the Russians during the World War II. Well, who fought against the Russians during the World War II? Hitler and his accomplices. It turned out that this man served in the SS troops. He personally killed Russians, Poles and Jews. The SS troops consisted of Ukrainian nationalists who did this dirty work. The president of Ukraine stood up with the entire parliament of Canada and applauded this man. So there's that. Like I said, he kind of goes uh, back and forth on that a lot. Um, he also claims that Ukraine is basically a state of the CIA. It was... Uh, you know, created by a CIA-backed coup, which there is uh, honestly a lot of truth to that. 
Um, we don't have to play this whole clip, but here's him talking briefly. A coup d'etat was committed, although I shall not delve into details now, as I find doing it inappropriate, the U.S. told us. Calm Yanukovych down, and we will calm the opposition. Let the situation unfold in the scenario of a political settlement. We said, all right, agreed, let's do it this way. As the Americans requested, Yanukovych did use neither the armed forces nor the police, yet the armed opposition committed a coup in Kiev. What is that supposed to mean? Who do you think you are? I wanted to ask the then US leadership. So uh, that's, I'll play one more clip because I know we're kind of going long on this. But um, speaking of Tucker, you know, being uh, also very formidable, uh, he had the balls to go into the Kremlin, which is where this interview took place. And one of the last things that he asked him is about a Wall Street Journal uh, journalist that has been held, I guess, in Russian captivity for the past year or so. And he to Putin's face brings him up and says, as a sign of grace, would you release him to us and we'll take him back to America? And that was a very interesting segment. I just got to ask you one last question, and that's about someone who's very famous in the United States, probably not here, Evan Gershkovitz, who's the Wall Street Journal reporter. He's 32 um, and he's been in prison for almost a year. Uh, this is a huge story in the United States. And I just want to ask you directly, without getting into the details of it or your version of what happened, if as a sign of your decency, you would be willing to release him to us and we'll bring him back to the United States. We have done so many gestures of goodwill out of decency that I think we have run out of them. We have never seen anyone reciprocate to us in a similar manner. However, in theory, we can say that we do not rule out that we can do that if our partners take reciprocal steps. When I talk about the partners, I, first of all, refer to special services. Special services are in contact with one another, but there are certain terms being discussed via special services channels. I believe an agreement can be reached. Hmm. So typically, I mean, this stuff has happened for obviously centuries. One country catches another spy within its borders, it trades it for a, one of its own intel guys in another country. I think what makes, <coughs> and it's not my business, but what makes this difference is the guy's obviously not a spy, he's a kid. And maybe he was breaking your law in some way, but he's not a super spy and everybody knows that. And he's being held hostage in exchange, which is true. With respect, it's true and everyone knows it's true. So maybe he's in a different category Maybe it's not fair to ask for, you know, somebody else in exchange for letting him out. Maybe it degrades Russia to do that. You know, you can give different interpretations to what constitutes a spy. But are you suggesting... So there's a couple clips and or cuts in here that were not in the uh, in the original video. So I don't know who cut that together. But he goes on to... Uh, Putin goes on to say that... 
he uh the journalist you know had access to secret information and he did did stuff that he wasn't supposed to and things like that but yeah very interesting i highly recommend everyone go watch it the full two hours if you can because uh it's very important and you know it's it's important to to hear it right from the horse's mouth you know people are talking about russia all the time we're supposed to believe that it's the biggest boogeyman in the world and maybe he is but if you are going to believe that at least you know have the firsthand knowledge to to back it up what you want people to read and be informed <laughs> yeah i know yeah. right yeah so um question for you as that's going to be an edit here um is there a way you can pick up the the dr Terramina interview out of this yes Okay. Just, just, uh, just go to, yeah. okay. and so we'll come out of that into the second Watson spot and then the kicker, right? Okay. Okay. There's going to be a lot of cuts in this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we want to thank Dr. Mark Taramina again for making some time to talk about something very serious that country music fans have on their mind now, and that is uh, stomach cancer related to the death of Toby Keith. Uh, health insurance is one of the many things that Bob Watson can take care of for you. He is our Blue Springs local State Farm agent for five decades. Call and get a quote from him. Uh, auto, home, life, health insurance, pet insurance. Understand we're getting a new puppy at our house coming very soon. Uh, over my objections, but uh, there you go. Um, get, get your puppy insurance. Uh, get it all. One stop. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 816-229-7878. Uh, commercial insurance, too. Licensed in both Missouri and Kansas. Bob Watson, State Farm agent. Okay, we talked a little bit about the Supreme Court taking up the Donald Trump silliness with Colorado booting him off the ballot. There's something I think should go to SCOTUS. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Minnesota Court of Appeals has dismissed a woman's challenge to her conviction for burying her breasts in a convenience store parking lot. Eloisa Plancarte was arrested in 2021 and convicted on a charge of indecent exposure. She challenged the conviction, claiming her breasts are not private parts under state law and that allowing men to go topless in public is a violation of the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. Wow. I'm telling you. A three-judge panel ruled on Monday that Plancart was rightfully convicted and dismissed her appeal. This should go all the way to the Supreme Court. Don't you agree, Kurt? <laughs> yeah, that's what we should I mean, be what's the deal? What's the problem, Right. I mean, you know, men have breasts, some larger than others. We all have nipples. What's the big deal? I think you might have ulterior motives here, Dad. Of course I do. <laughs> because, you know, this is an axiom that I know is 100% true, and I will leave you with this this week, my friends, because once as a young man you have seen your first pair of breasts, you want to see the rest of them. <laughs> that is very true contemplate that and supreme court there's an equal protection clause case that we should take all the way to the high court until next week this is dale carter's america the views expressed on dale carter's america are dale's and kurt wheeler's they do not necessarily reflect the views of kfkf or steel city media comments can be sent to dale carter's america at gmail.com check back for weekly episodes subscribe spread the word and give us a five-star review Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.